I think one of the great things about working in the gym setting as a new trainer is that you've got a pool of people who are already already in. You're not like cold calling randos on the street. You got people who are in the gym and who have probably seen you training somebody else or who have like glanced over at the training area. So you've got you got a leg up if you're already in the gym and you're working in that setting. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Five, Three, two, one. Hello, friends. Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, we got a guest. Full disclosure, I have worked with her, and because I've worked with her, uh, I finally understand what she does. We dug deep, and I was like, oh, holy shit, I didn't realize that. Uh, And as soon as I heard, figured out, realized what she did, I was like, dude, we have to bring you onto the podcast. Now, You folks know I'm all about encouraging you to create your best life. I do realize, though, that a lot of the episodes kind of lean towards running your own business and doing things on your own terms, which is great if that's the the path you want to go. But I also want to make sure that I give you resources that present options and show you somebody else that's done that thing because the Roger Bannister effect is very real. So after talking to this incredible human and realizing what she does, I was like, holy shit, got to bring you on. So today I have with me my good friend, Betsy Foster. She's been in the, the personal training game for 10 years. And what's so unique about what she does and what she coaches now is that she helps people to stay within the more traditional model. A lot of what we see out there is, you know, leave, jump ship, start your own thing, which there is tons of value in, but there's also so much value in getting your your tutelage, getting your time, getting your, you know, beginning days working for somebody else. And so if you listen to this, are someone who's in the trenches or thinking about going into personal training, but you're just kind of seeing everything around you being like, start your own business. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I think this just might be the episode for you. So without further ado, welcome to the show, one of my favorite humans, Betsy Foster. Welcome, Betsy. Hi. Thank you so much, Shante. Um, that is like an awesome intro. I'm, I'm pumped to talk. I This is a topic that's so important to me and has been such a big part of, has shaped how I look at the fitness industry from where I started to where I am today. So I love talking about it. Dude, I'm so stoked to have you. And also I was like, Betsy's one of the kindest, kindest humans you'll ever meet. And you can just hear it. And just in her speaking, I'm like, she's smiling right now. I can hear it. I can feel it. And it's just so nice. It's so, so nice. So I'm going to do my jab. I'm going to flip the mic over to you. Thank you for having Mike. Betsy also has her own podcast, which I'll talk about. And that's why her sound quality is so good. Uh, so I'm going to pass the mic over to you. and. You want to take us back 
I want to say 10 years when you first started, but I know there's probably more before that as to why you got started. So you want to just introduce yourself and tell us your backstory? Yeah, totally. Um, well, I got this mic because I read a really great podcasting <laughs> PDF um, that set me up for success. I don't know if you follow the movement maestro, but um, yeah. So I started, I guess my like fitness journey begins way back in the day. I was a mover, um, but not an athlete. Uh, I have a dance background and a theater background um, originally, but was always sort of craving and interested in movement. Um, I was the kid in college who was like the the school gym that I went to was like open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I had things to do. So then I like got another gym membership so that I could go to the gym when that time worked out. Like I just wanted to be in the gym all the time. Um, but I had no formal training, no background in it. I was like looking up the women's health magazine. Yes. Resistance yes. training workouts, you know, like cutting them out of magazines. I think I actually cut them out and pasted them or taped them into notebooks and took them into the gym with me. I love it. I was like on the treadmill for hours and hours and I would just sort of watch the personal trainers. And I couldn't, I can't quite explain to you like why I thought I want to do that, but I did. Interesting. But interestingly enough too, I was like, I don't know how you do that. I have no understanding of sort of what the steps are to do that. Um, I found myself kind of continually coming back to that as I just went to the gym recreationally. And I was finally like, all right, I'm going to just give it a try. I'm going to see what it takes to be a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. Literally went to Google and you Google how to become a personal trainer and like seven ads come up for these certifications. I think yeah. the first one put no thought into researching what to do, any of that. And um, like got my credit card out, bought this certification and did it at home after work. What um, were you, wait, how old are you? And this is after work. What were you working <laughs> as? What are you doing? What? Um, I'm 35. This Not was now, Betsy. Oh, <laughs> uh, how old were you? <laughs> I was like 22 at the time. So I had just graduated from college. I was working an internship. Um, and after I finished like the days long internship, I would go home and do these like units in the personal training textbook. Wow. What this internship, did you have like an idea? You went to college. Did you major in anything that was like movement related? So I majored in theater okay. with like a oh, dance, a dance emphasis. Yeah. Totally unrelated. This is amazing. Yeah. I have no idea. But also, yeah. you know, so it was like wildly different. And then in that dance training within that program, we were certainly doing things that related to anatomy and physiology, just not in mm -hmm. the same context, but still yeah. very different than an exercise yes. science program. Yeah. Amazing. So I was interning at a theater and I kind of, I had always known that that wasn't necessarily what I saw long-term, but mm -hmm. I was sort of lost in terms of what, what to do. Got it. Got it. Yeah. 
so I was, I was doing this like self-study thing and, um, I was passing the quizzes and everything and I finished, got the certification and now I'm like a certified personal trainer and I'm going, okay, <laughs> but what do I now do? What? Yeah, and I would like go back to the gym and I knew I had a certification, but I would just kind of watch and think, oh, but I haven't ever trained anybody. So how do I get a job doing this? Yeah. Um, we, uh, my now husband and I moved to New York. We lived in um, like upper Manhattan for about five years. And then those first years, I was just like kind of doing odd jobs here and there, still <laughs> sitting on this certification. Like I'm not, I'm not using it because I don't know what you do with it. I, I wrote programs for like friends and family, but I was like, mm-hmm. not sure totally. how to make this a reality. Totally. Yeah. And finally, I got to the point where I was in a job going, you know, you want to do this. Just try it out. Like, just try it. Yeah. I went on a couple of interviews at gyms and this is kind of like a a shaping moment because I went into one. I won't disclose the name of the gym, but I went in. It was an okay interview. They said they had an education program. So if there was anything I didn't know, they could help me. I just needed, um, I needed to be able to sell X amount of supplements a month. Oh, wow. And the whole time I was in there and the training manager was kind of explaining how you get clients and how you're approaching people on the gym floor and things. I'm thinking this does not feel, maybe I was right. Maybe this was not the thing I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like a little uh, devastated that here I was going to try to make this work and uh, totally. I, it wasn't totally. going to. Went to another interview the next day and thought, okay, this is going to be the last shot. Wildly different, no supplement requirement, um, explaining sort of how they saw a personal trainer as more than just like numbers, um, Mm -hmm. sales, but about really providing sort of life-changing service and, um, being an all, an all-encompassing coach for people who are interested in changing their lives and and making it and making a difference. And I was like, okay, then this is going to work out. And I got hired absolutely, and became a full-time personal trainer. And it's in that moment that I discovered there were like people building long careers in this industry as a personal trainer in a commercial gym setting um, and and doing it for years and years and years. I kind of thought this was a a job you did for a little bit and then I was going to have to think about what I do for a Mm -hmm. career. And I saw the possibility for the first time. Absolutely. It's like one of my favorite posts that you've done. I'm like, I'm on the computer right now. I'm trying to pull it up. It it was like a tweet, you know, a tweet card, gold card on Instagram. Just speaking about that, that this is not, you know, the first, this, this, like, this can be a full career. You can actually absolutely do this and make this into a career. It's not this necessarily this transitional thing or like, you know, how parents would be like, it's just that phase. Like this is, this is something you can absolutely make into a career. When you first started, were you, did you actually believe like as you're starting to work and like get people and then we'll circle back, but did you actually believe that you could make this 
a career? You know, I was taking it one day at a time and I, I was really in the place where I thought like, okay, continue to do this for another three months and see where it goes. Because mm -hmm. really in that job, you are starting from zero and yeah. you do have, you do have personal responsibility in terms of building your business within the system, but you also mm -hmm. have a system that is supporting you at the same time. But yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't like, I wasn't committing fully. And I was nervous the whole time that everybody had more knowledge, yeah. a, a, a more appropriate background. Like there was, there was definitely imposter syndrome all wrapped mm -hmm. up in that. Mm -hmm. Can we take that back a second or take a step back for a second? And I have this written down. You said, you know, you, you're thinking about how people have perhaps a more suitable, well-suited, whatever background than you. I love hearing, I had no idea you had a theater background. It's awesome to me. Can you speak perhaps about, because uh, I think this is going to resonate with some people, especially this episode, because yes, in your case, you were going right from undergrad, but I think Rona, the great pause that came with Rona, people are like, I don't know if I want to do what I'm currently doing forever. I think there's absolutely people out there listening to this that either have a personal training certification or thinking about getting one. And it's a second or third or fourth career, or like, you know, kind of a, maybe it'll be a side yeah. job for them. And so they have their background probably it, very likely possibly isn't like I went and was like exercise science or something like that. They had this very different background. Can you speak about in, if you think how your background, especially like the theater side of things, and just not coming from a more not coming from a traditional movement background, um, I, I hesitate to say that not coming from like a science background, yeah, totally exercise science background. Could you say speak how that perhaps helped you? Yeah. So yes, to that point, I think I think in that moment I was really concerned about that and learned very really? very quickly that. Um, some of the best trainers in my immediate circle and mentors had similar paths in terms of having done something completely different and were career changers. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as the theater stuff goes, I think, I think I was always learning about human behavior and yeah. human, like, you know, in, in theater, we talk a lot about, or they talk a lot about, uh, text and subtext and determining what this like character wants in this moment and all of this. And I think that just speaks to starting to understand social emotional intelligence. And okay. it's truly, if you want to be the, um, if you want to be the coach that really elicits change, you have to understand what that person actually wants to change and what you can support. I just don't think of myself as a glorified, like written program. I think of somebody mm -hmm. who I think of myself and my role as a personal trainer, as somebody who is in partnership with this person as they set their goal, um, determine what it is we're going to do to get there. It's it, it has so many layers and communication, relationship building, those are at the heart of everything that personal trainers do. And so theater is certainly something that sets yes. you up for that. Yes. I love that. I had no <laughs> idea without the background and I love that. Hopefully any of you listening to this that are coming from a, you know, non-traditional background, 
we'll see and can see how the things that you've done are strengths and set you up for success. Uh, I want to tease that out a little bit, Betsy, what you just said, what you've been saying. You use the word coach sometimes and then you use the word trainer sometimes. Yeah. So Do you consider them the same? What, talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. So I think that I believe the best personal training is becoming someone's coach. I think in the language of the internet, and particularly as I'm trying to connect with people who want to be personal trainers, I think that's the word that they hear and how they sort of um, kind of step into the business. So uh, I have spoken with some coaches on my podcast who describe their transition as trainers, as starting as a personal trainer and becoming a coach. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the dipping your toes in might feel like being that personal trainer and learning those, you know, the, the principles of exercise physiology and exercise prescription and, and programming and movement coaching. And then the coach who ultimately has that sort of long lasting career and who has incredible client retention is the person that is that all encompassing coach that understands recovery, that understands, um, all the other elements of this person's life that goes into them ultimately weaving health and fitness into the fabric of what they do. Ah, that makes so much sense. I love that. I just had, uh, uh, Sean, Dr. Sean Pastuch on, I don't know, the last episode maybe. And that's like a big thing in, in, in the CrossFit world, especially because it's like trainers versus coaches. And there's a lot of contention in that space. I love what you said. Of course, Betsy's coming in with the both hand there. Like, <laughs> I freaking love that. That is so, so, so good. So can you take us back then to that when you first started then? And perhaps maybe you were feeling like a personal trainer, you know, really embracing that title. Uh, did you have any kind of mentoring, mentorship, guidance at that first place? I know you said you were looking at the other trainers and coaches around you and seeing like, you know, the, the, the things that they were doing that like really you could emulate, but what did those early days look like for you? Yeah. So I had the, I had the good fortune of working in a gym that really focused on education and had systems of education sort of built into their orientation process. Um, so I definitely felt well supported at -hmm. the time in the gym that I was in, though, there wasn't any structured mentorship. And so Mm -hmm. there was, there were courses in terms of sort of applying, um, some of your exercise science knowledge to the given job in that given gym, but there Mm -hmm. are so many elements of, being an excellent trainer, being an excellent coach that just, I mean, can't be covered necessarily in a, you know, 600 page certification textbook. So it was up to me to kind of find those mentors Mm -hmm. and stay proactive about making this a career for myself. I had to be on top of it. Um, and, and I think it did separate, you know, there, there were folks who weren't really interested in going that extra mile mm-hmm. or didn't quite know where and how to go that extra mile. That is something in my personality where I'm like, if I'm going to do this, 
you better believe I'm going to do it really well. Um, and to a fault sometimes, but in that, in that, I just looked at these trainers that I saw who were, who really were successful and who were in it for the long haul and just tried to soak up all they had to share. And, and many of them, like we had mentioned before, had been in my place, um, as someone who hadn't had that background, who they were Mm -hmm, working as mm -hmm. an accountant or they were working in retail and they totally switched gears. And so I could see myself and I wanted to emulate that. Makes total sense. Beth, how long did this last? This sounds like actually a phenomenal start to things. How long were you in the traditional, I'm going to say traditional model because that's what I think about from like physical therapy world and I'm like the traditional model. I'm not sure if there's a better word for it uh, being in the kind of the global gym model, but how, how long were you in that? What did that look like? What did your journey look like? Yeah, I, I was in that for about four years in New York. I, like you, um, and have heard you mention, New York was not, yeah. was not a lifestyle that worked for yeah. me. I could not. Um, the hustle, I love the hustle, but that was not the hustle. I don't like the subway. Mm -hmm. I was tired of the city. I was just like exhausted all the time. Um, and so mid after those years, I relocated to Gainesville, Florida, which is where I am now, um, to pursue my master's degree in exercise science in applied physiology and kinesiology. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because I knew that this was the real deal now. I'd had those, you know, almost four years under my belt. And I was like, um, I'm going to do this. Though I did think in that moment, I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to school and um, and pursue that for a while. That lasted a very short amount of time in terms of I had to get back training. So I trained, Love it. I trained while, um, while going to school because I, I liked being in the gym. And so I did that for another just shy of another four years before um, wow. Rona hit. Betsy, question. I love this approach. How do you feel or do you feel that uh, training first, being a trainer first and then going to school, how did that, let's say, color your experience while at school where you're like, this is great in theory, but like you don't can't do that in the gym or like, what was that like going in with experience? You hit the nail on the head. So uh, it was a little bit like, well, I've got the real life understanding yeah. of this. And sometimes I was thinking, I can't believe we're still talking about this in school. <laughs> um, part Partly because a lot of these programs, I think out of necessity, are geared toward athletes. Um. Most people who are coming into to school's especially something mm-hmm. like University of Florida or these big schools, yeah. they want to work with D1 athletes or pro athletes. One, those jobs are really, really limited. And mm-hmm. two, there is a whole population of people who want to train, maybe not to the like yeah. extreme of these as these athletes, but they want to train. And we're not teaching people how to train those people. Yes. This, Betsy. This. Who did, did you, is that who you worked with then? Like the average Joe, is that your, your, your main clientele, your favorite clientele that you had? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I have, I work with some people who are 
um, athletes currently or who have been athletes before. But I would say that my average client is someone who is a gym athlete in that they love coming in, pushing themselves, um, achieving goals. They take this very seriously. It's just not in the same context of playing sports at some point. Gotcha. Betsy, these folks that you're working with, gym athletes, and I I want you to take me back also just like across the years. When people go to the gym, like this is not my experience. Like I've always wanted to go. I love it. When you hit the nail on the head there with us, like there's so many people that we could be helping. On average, what would you say is someone's reason for going to the gym or reasons? Like you can group into a bunch of different kinds of, of reasons, but like the average person, when they're like, this is their first time or they're like finally looking for a trainer, what are the things that people told you were their motives and their goals? So I think for the most part, and this is an interesting question because I think people have an idea of why they came into the gym and Mm -hmm. it is oftentimes at odds with what they really want or what Mm -hmm. they will ultimately uncover they want because most people are are going into the gym because they have to with big air quotes of Mm -hmm. this is how i manage my health this is how i manage my weight i need to look differently i need to x y or z along that those lines only to if you're attuned to listening to people and really interested in sort of the bigger picture, you -hmm. start to see that people are feeling stuck in what they're doing. Maybe they are, I mean, we know this story. We know the story of the person who is having trouble playing with their kids in the same way that they did before or missing the days where they didn't have hip aches, knee aches, elbow aches, neck aches, back aches, um, and who have, who are looking for more. They want more out of their lives. And that's the thing that, that I get to unlock in that. I love this. I want to dig deeper with this because I think this ties into what you had said earlier about being a coach and being able to meet people where they're at, really listen, really see them and get them to stay with something long enough to actually uncover those actual goals. One of the things I love about how you show up on Instagram is like you are the the complete opposite of shaming. There's like whatever that word is, Betsy is that, <laughs> right? There's like zero shame, zero guilt that's that's given. She actually did a hilarious real with the karate chop, the karate kick. I'm thinking about it. Now I'm like, oh, the theater stuff, it makes sense. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) So with this in mind, one of the things I see a lot right now, just in general in the space, the global space is kind of like almost leaning towards shaming people for having these body goals and having these weight goals. Can you talk about your approach? Like, and how you coach your clients, the people that you work with, your students, I guess I should say, uh, how you coach them to meet people where they're at, because people will come into the gym or go to meet, you know, do this stuff. And they have these like body goals or weight goals. And it's kind of like things on the online right now are kind of trending towards shaming that and being like, that's problematic. But like, you can't get to the deeper goals if we don't say, okay, 
you can come in with these specific goals that you know you have. Uh, can you speak to how you meet people where they're at, how you coach your your students to meet people where they're at? Yeah, I love that question because I think that the gray area and the nuance is where all the magic happens. And we, by I think sometimes by necessity on something like Instagram or yeah. getting an getting an uh, a hot take out there we go yep. really polarized mm-hmm. and so i think yeah we've leaned to this way of like you can't go into the gym and have aesthetic goals you can't want to look different mm-hmm. and we exist in a society where we're going to feel that way sometimes mm-hmm. and it's like you know both and i can want to feel better and i can want to look different and i can question where those thoughts come from and still want them yeah. that to happen and yeah. so with trainers what i'm what i'm teaching them to do is to one talk less Mm. So in terms of a consultation with a new client, we're talking about how I want to hear less of you and more of that person Mm -hmm. asking questions, getting someone to feel comfortable enough, safe enough to be honest with you and let them uncover some of these things on their own in, in the letting them tell you who they are and what they want, you are flexing your expertise. And then Mm -hmm. you can come in with the appropriate intervention or the appropriate plan. Um, part Part of that consultation is making sure that your assumptions about someone aren't leading the, the goal setting. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Can you keep going with that? And I want to hear more about how you work with people because I'm imagining, I'm putting myself as a brand new physical therapist and I totally get it. Like I got out of school and I was like, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> yes, you had internships. So it was a little different with PT, with physical therapy, at least because like within school, you're like doing affiliations. And so you're kind of working with people, mm-hmm. but definitely you come out and you're like, okay, it's me now. And so I'm thinking about like, as a trainer, you're like, really? Like, it's me now. When you are working with uh, people and you're coaching people, do you go over the, I want to use words like the didactic portion as well. Like, hey, this is how you set up a training program. This is how you, this is like how you introduce or you have someone work through or you have someone experience progressive overload. Do you teach that as well, Betsy? Totally. So what I like to think about, just like you said, you had an internship as part of your school program. Yeah. For those people who are either career changers or maybe didn't study exactly this in school, again, all they've got is that information they got out of a book that is great, but how do we apply it? And so what I like to think about is what I'm teaching you is kind of the internship that you can have while while pursuing this career because not a lot of people who are career changing or who are a little later have the time to take an unpaid internship somewhere mm-hmm. or they, they need to get moving yeah. so yeah. how can i teach you yes this these um scientific principles these applied concepts 
for the training sphere, not just communication, not just, I mean, all those yes. things are so important, yes. but we got to talk about the nuts and bolts of, I don't know if you're all that familiar with these certifications, but when you're watching, when you're reading them, you get like a picture of maybe a, and my air quotes are big here, bad squat. Mm-hmm. And then like, what would you change? You haven't seen, you know how many people have watched squat now? And I yeah. still could learn so many things, but people Mm -hmm. haven't, haven't watched the movement. They haven't coached someone through changing the movement. They haven't, um, they haven't sort of seen their programs come to life. And when we're talking about people who don't have athletic backgrounds, that's just not covered in these certifications. You're not really getting to see what a person who truly doesn't have great kinesthetic awareness, um, how they move and how we can help them move better. Oh man, this is amazing. Betsy, keep going. Tell me, I'm like, at this point, just like plug yourself, tell me (laughs) what you do, how you, because you also work with people in the training capacity, but let's talk about you as the coach of coaches, the trainer of trainers. Now, uh, what does that look like? What does it look like working with you? What do you have? How do people do that? Yeah. So I have, I've done a few, um, webinars that you can actually access on my website um, if you want to take a look at some of that. But what, and I've, I'm, I have done a few courses, some virtual courses. Um, I just did the Convey and Convert course about um, how we convey our value as coaches and then mm-hmm. how we actually convert that into um paying clients because the truth is like we were talking about, there's a lot of safety in the system of the commercial gym setting, but you still have, um, targets that you have to meet. You still have to, you have some responsibility of acquiring your own clients. I think one of the great things about working in the gym setting as a new trainer is that you've got a pool of people who are already, already in, you're not like cold calling randos on the street. You got people who are in the gym and who have probably seen you training somebody else or who have like glanced over at the training area. So you've got, you got a leg up if you're already in the gym and you're working in that setting, but you still have to be able to take somebody through an assessment, take somebody through a complimentary session and actually make them a paying client. So I've covered that. And then in March of 2022, um, I'm running my uh, mentorship program. So we did a beta round, um, this past year and it went smashingly. We got trainers who, some people who have been like sitting on their certification for a while and are jumping into their very first job. Some people who actually were like licensed massage therapists who have Mm, certifications and are like interested in how do I put these two things together? So those folks went through the program and it's, it's really a step-by-step, you know, um, how do you start as, how do you identify your training identity? How do you do a great intake? How do you do a great movement assessment? How do you build programs for the kinds of clients you're going to actually see in the gym? Not just, um, not just what we're kind of seeing in these certifications. How do you coach yeah. movements? I've got uh, tons of you know video, actual video examples of real clients doing movements and how we look at that. And then we talk 
beyond that into habit coaching, having difficult conversations, all to the business side of, you know, how do I keep my clients on a schedule? How do I ensure my financial security? How do I take vacation? All that kind of stuff. Sort of like the, you know, your dream year long training internship jammed into four months um, and you can work at the same time. This is something that you can do while you're working. Tell me why I'm sitting here like, do I need to sign up for this? <laughs> I just want to be a fucking trainer, but I'm like, this is so good. Holy shit, Betsy, this is so, so, so good. Give me, give me, give me straight here, yeah. Betsy. You are seeing what's going on. You have your finger on the pulse of things. Is it viable for people to make a living, some sort of living in a commercial gym present day? Yes, completely. I think, I think the trick is, and not trick, but you have to, one, be up for the time it takes to build. In the same way that you have to do that when you build your own business, you've got to build your business within the gym. The attrition rate of trainers in a gym are is like, Mac, I think the average length of a personal training career is 18 months. Damn. And I, yeah, I think that sucks because you've got people who are interested, they're falling through the cracks and they're not being set up for success because I have worked with people who are in their 20th year training, making a really good living, feeling you know, secure and comfortable in what wow. they've built, but there's like a missed, there's a missed step in there. Um, mm. And I think, I think that's a huge bummer because people are passionate and then they're getting, they're not, you know, being able to follow through with it. I don't think, I don't think gyms are going anywhere. There was a second no. there at the beginning of Rona where I was like, well, maybe nobody's going to work in a gym anymore, <laughs> but I drive by the gyms and the you know, the parking lots are full. Yeah, this, Betsy, this makes me, this this interview, this this talk right now makes me so excited because it, we do hear about this. And in my own profession, the good ones leave. Like mm -hmm. you just get, you feel like you're hitting a ceiling, which is fine if people leave. But I, what I've seen is it's it's bled into the new grads where they don't even want, where people don't even want to start. Because they're just like, I can't do this. Like, you can't make a living. You can't be successful in this model. And so they don't even start. Or if they just started, they're like already disenchanted by the model. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I was seeing that with trainers, personal trainers. And it's actually been just phenomenal to have you on right now and Sean last week or whatever, however long ago it was, where you nailed it. Like, this is not going anywhere. So how do we make it better? How do we make it what it what it can be, what it could be, what it should be? And I love that your answer isn't run away, burn it down, <laughs> like, right? Because it's not going anywhere. Like if you if you had to pull out a few or one, I don't even care, tangible things for someone to look for when they're going to apply to work at a gym. Like maybe even if you say like, these are red flags, don't work at that place. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you, what kind of guidance do you give to people? Would you give to people that are entering the, the field looking for a place? I think that's a great question. I think that one, you need to, before you go apply for a gym, have an understanding of what sort of the market, um, 
pay is in terms mm-hmm. of percentages. You know, we, we mm-hmm. typically look at it in what percent is the gym taking, and it's going to be yeah. different depending on where, where you're located. Yeah. I also think it's essential for them to have some sort of structure where you can ultimately increase that percentage in your yes. time uh, that you're there. And the good places have that because the good gyms want to keep those trainers who have built their business. I'm not yeah. saying that's all places, but it's reasonable to think that you would start at one rate and be able to, after you amass a certain amount of clients, after you do a certain amount of continuing ed, be able to expect, um, increases in your pay and be able to understand about when those are coming and what the requirements are to meet those. I think also looking at places that have robust um, continuing education either built into the gym or it's at least the culture of the gym where they're encouraging you to continue to do that. I think that is really important. And then gyms that are sort of you know, in the community in a way that they're not going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I think gyms pop up here and there all the time. Your best bet is going to be someplace that is has been around. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Do you see, do you give the same advice, big commercial gym versus like a smaller boutique gym? Um, I think it kind of depends, particularly on your relationship with the management. I mean, you're going to be able to have um, a, a closer relationship to managers and supervisors in these smaller gyms, but they may not have structures in place totally. for your um, progression moving forward. So you just want to make sure that you're clear about that in the beginning. I think any of these things are, you don't want to get caught having done a ton of work for somebody and then it not being fruitful. I've, I've um, worked with a trainer who was kind of working in a sort of mom and pop gym and a lot of their policies were, we'll figure it out as we go along. And while while there's some advantage to the, you know, size of that and the ability to sort of create things on the fly, you got to make sure you're protected in those instances and making sure that your, your needs are getting met. The whole point of working within a system is that you get that security. You get some element of security. Yes. I just got anxiety. You saying that that's like, there was that that was their ethos like i'm cool with figure it out as you go if i'm the run one running <laughs> no 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 <laughs> but if it's somebody else i'm like uh i have to leave this <laughs> so I, I can't i can't do that <laughs> yeah that's wild betsy i love that that last part there you fucking nailed it hit it on the head again with this is the whole goal the whole purpose the whole point to me of starting in this model is the safety and this is why I think Rona really did something great for people in this pause. I know that this podcast and so much of what I do trends and leans towards like starting your own business. But what I love that Betsy said about this is 
if you're working in a gym, you still have your own business because you got to go and acquire these people. Yes, it is even better because they're already there in front of you, but you got to go and acquire them and retain them and get results for them. You are your business, which I love, but you have a little bit of that safety where you're not paying overhead. You're not having to fix the machines yourself. You're like something breaks, like that's not on you. Exactly. This yeah. is phenomenal. This is just absolutely phenomenal. You have it, liability, it, you know, with, yeah. with them. Yeah. Completely. It's like, Betsy, can you tell me a little bit more about this in terms of, because you are running your own business, like as a personal trainer in a commercial gym, you're still running your own business. Is it feasible? Have you seen it? Have you coached it? Maybe you did it. Uh, people basically creating a side hustle where they keep their full-time job, but maybe they, I don't know if there's part-time hours that, that can be offered at a gym, but they're like, I just train there. I'm a trainer there just a little bit of the time. Is that a thing? Yeah. So it does happen. I think it kind of depends on the gym. Some places yeah. people are, are doing that. I've worked with a lot of like actually current physical therapy students who are personal training. I have, have worked with people who have sort of other jobs and personal training tends to be that the people who find actually sort of start to see the financial success are those who can make that their one yeah. thing. But mm -hmm. what I've also discovered is that there are a lot of people who start going, all right, well, I'm just going to do this a little bit. And they dip their toes in and they start to see the possibility there. And yeah. even I've seen trainers who are like, I think I want more of a, you know, a set nine to five. And they sort of leave the training field for that. And it isn't very long until they're realizing like, oh, I did like that freedom of scheduling. I did mm -hmm. like sort of, sort of exactly like what you were talking about, that sort of um, hybrid model of I get to build my own business and I have security within yes. this system. Yes. And so people end up um, kind of coming back to a personal yes. training career. Dude, it just makes so much sense. Like, Again, I circle back to Rona. I just think that it it opened people's eyes. And part of it, I was listening to, I don't know, I think I was listening to their podcast or something. Uh, the very few that I listened to. But basically saying that Rona and the pause, it just put people's like mortality in front of them. And they were just like, okay, like I'm not going to live forever. Is this what I want to be doing? Is this how I want to be spending my time? And from that, we got people that said no. And if you listen to this, we're one of those people I'm going to remind you that you said no, because I knew people said no. And then they like went back and I was like, but also you said no. So like, here's a reminder. And also your next steps don't have to be gigantic leaps. You don't have to like build your own business on your own from the ground with no help. And then like open your own gym. When I spoke with Betsy and she really outlined what she was doing, I was just like, this is phenomenal. You folks know I'm all about safety. Since I was a PT, talking about you know the nervous system is queen, she's always seeking safety. And that's a huge value for me. I think there's something also that I value. And the ability to create your best life while having that safety, that is just like remarkable to me. And then hearing from Betsy that, yes, this is viable and feasible. Like one of the things that we see in the social media space, in any space, is that as part of marketing, people have been taught to kind of twist the knife on the pain point mm -hmm. and really just say how bad things can be, which I'm not saying they aren't bad, but then we have 
smiling Betsy, nicest woman ever, come in with the, you know, the other side of things of, yes, you can do this. Yes, this is feasible. Yes, those bad things exist. But also these things, these good side, this good side exists and gyms are not going anywhere. Where do you see gyms going? Where do you see fitness going? Where do you see personal trainers going, Betsy? You know, I, this is a good question because there was a moment, I think it was a year or two ago, I was sitting in like a staff meeting at a gym, at the gym I worked at, and they like showed the tonal machine on the, mm-hmm. yep, yep. At the thing. And everybody was like, oh gosh, we're going to be out of a job. And <laughs> believe it or not, no. nobody is out of a job at the moment. I mean, maybe somebody is, but um, people are, people One of the things that people don't quite appreciate enough about personal training is that so much of what someone is paying for you is accountability and support. Yes. You can't get it from a machine. You just can't. Um, And there's something about that in-person relationship or even for, you know, online trainers who are, are working in that way. There's something about the relationship with the coach, the accountability how you have actually become a part of this person's life. I talk about it a lot with people that I talk to my clients about their health longer than their doctor does. Mm -hmm. You know, if they are, if they are in treatment for something, it's usually for a short period of time and I'm going to be there when it's finished. I'm going to be there longer than, you know, a quick nutrition course. I'm just going to see them through all these elements of their life. I'm like sort of the front lines in terms of addressing health and fitness. And I, I realize my scope is, is limited to what I can do, but I can Mm -hmm. certainly be a partner in figuring out what we need to do if it falls without of outside of my scope. So I think the in-person personal trainer isn't going anywhere. If anything, all I want people to understand is that every single person I think could benefit from having a personal trainer. And when you bring that energy, when you have as much conviction about like, I think literally Every single person should have a personal trainer. I bring that to when I'm talking to you about buying personal training. You're going to buy personal training from me. Yeah. That's so convicted. That's it. Yeah. I and, love it. And one of the things I talk to new trainers about, and when I'm coaching them through this, like their fear around having someone commit to personal training, commit to giving you, you know, paying money for it. The, I don't remember what the stat is, but I, it's close to like 5% of most gym populations is using a personal trainer. And you could see that in one of two ways. You could see like, wow, not a lot of people personal train. Or there are, is another 95% of people at that gym who need yes. a personal trainer, who are, have yet mm-hmm. to get one. You should get in there and get them as your clients. Damn, that's Tell them, keep going. <laughs> Why do you think everyone should have one? What What's the benefit? I think that while, you know, I have a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot. Of, I know a lot of coaches who have personal trainers or at least are following a program of some kind. Yep. Because what we, we have blind spots. Every single one of us has blind spots yep. in our ideologies, in how we interact in the world and in our training. I need someone who can see me from the outside, who can hear my goals and who can create a program 
that's going to push me to where I need to go? And then who's going to hold me accountable as well as be there when I, when I need something. Um, I think that you in our lives, why do you need one more thing where you have to be the person responsible for figuring this thing out? Mm -hmm. Totally. Absolutely. I love how you broadened that. It was like my initial, there was no, uh, true like pushback of like, no, everyone doesn't need one or couldn't benefit from a personal trainer. But it's interesting, word choice, that if you were to say that in general and you would say, everyone need like respond to this, yes or no, true or false. Everyone can benefit from a personal trainer. Everyone needs a personal trainer. And then you asked the same question, but you said, true or false, everyone could benefit from a coach. It's so interesting because <laughs> I know people would answer differently. Yeah, for sure. I know they absolutely would. I know they would. When people leave your your mentorship, Betsy, do they consider themselves coaches? Do are people keeping the personal trainer moniker? Like, I think this is an interesting discussion. No, I think they're definitely seeing seeing their potential and what they will ultimately um, do for someone as much greater than being a personal trainer. Yeah. I hate saying yeah. that because a little a piece of me goes like. That's what I think people think when you tell them you're a personal trainer. They're yeah. like, oh, you're just a personal trainer, mm -hmm. especially sometimes in like the movement field. Oh, yes. But I do think that there is more to it. And the reason why it's gotten that sort of connotation is because, you know, personal trainers with big air quotes as someone who like has a megaphone and is yelling at you to do two more is is yeah. what we sort of picture of that yeah. role. Um, and I can't think of anyone who's been wildly successful and who's made a difference that sort of fits that description. So what we're looking to build is a coach who encompasses, you know, all of the, all of the must have science programming, movement coaching aspects of the job with, so much more. What do you, I'm just throwing questions at you because I love this. I'm like, this is phenomenal, Betsy. What do you suggest to your people? And I'm, I'm thinking about this in the, in the, through the lens of physical therapists. Like one of my biggest gripes is that they stay arguing with each other and I'm like, eh, but nobody knows you exist. They don't know what you do. They don't know like that you could help them. So the PT equivalent, the personal trainer, excuse me, the physical therapist, physical therapy equivalent is that most people think that a physical therapist like just does yellow therapy exercises. Mm -hmm. Like if you tell, I don't even tell people I do that anymore because like you go on an Uber and they're like, what are you, physical therapist? Oh, the yellow bands. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's what they think you do. So I can totally see this with personal trainer where people think you are a glorified rep counter. They don't for sure understand the nuance and whether that's because it's just like, you know, bad apples get the most airtime or whatever, but either way it is what it is. And it's our job to educate right? and, and get our, get, get the message out there. This is what we can do. What do you suggest to other trainers, to the trainers that you're coaching, to trainers that are aspiring to really have this, show people what they can do? What do you encourage them to be sharing and talking about on, on social? How do you convey this? Yeah, I think that is important that they have to sort of first identify 
who they are as a coach mm. because mm-hmm. we're going to be wildly different. And one of the yeah. things I love about about sort of going to hire a trainer or hire a coach is that the the person who comes in to work with me is likely not going to be a fit for Joe next to me, but Mm -hmm. vice versa, we are going to be able to, you know, he or she is going to be able to meet somebody's needs that I'm not able to. So one is sort of just defining who you are as a coach so that you can sort of explain your philosophy, explain sort of, um, what it is that you do. And then I think, like you were saying on socials, it's about showing up as how, you know, you have been the best teacher in this for me, showing up how you want other people to show up. And so Mm -hmm. what does your job look like? What are you actually doing? Um, Mm -hmm. sharing what, transformations you're you're helping people achieve sharing the real picture of what it is clients are experiencing i i so often when someone asks me what i do and i say i'm a personal trainer the first thing they do is like put down the food they're eating and say i'm sorry i didn't mean to i shouldn't be eating this and i go well wow. that's a whole nother story <laughs> but but also there's like a oh I, I could never do that, or I should really do that. Or there's so much like, um, wrapped up in this idea of what having a personal trainer would be like. And I think Mm -hmm. for so many people, they don't actually understand that any person can start from right where they are and have a pretty incredible sort of transformation, whether it be a physical appearance one or, a you know, strength, build strength or whatever that may be. So yeah, I encourage trainers to just show up as they're, as they're, as they are day to day and try to resist that urge of, I think, I think it can be really hard for new coaches to look online and see what kinds of videos sometimes get a lot of play or what kind of content looks flashiest. And oftentimes what we're doing with clients in the gym is as far from flashy as possible, but it's what's going to truly build a business. Yes. Gets the results. Yeah. That's why it gets the results. I love that. And what you said there and encouraging people, you know, if you're going to show up on social as well, like that's one of the best parts about showing up there is that it, helps you get really clear on who you are and what you stand for. Uh, and the first the reps with that. So even if you're like not putting flashy stuff up there, if you're like, this is what I do, this is what I stand for, this is what I'm you know, really well versed at, at coaching. This is my approach. This is the, the, this is the transformation that I'm ultimately looking to facilitate. This is how I do it. That's super valuable just for yourself, especially if you are in a, in my opinion, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about PTs, right? So when I say PT, I'm thinking uh, physical therapist, but the parallels are, are many mm-hmm. here. But if you're in a, in a traditional model, if you're working for somebody else in a PT clinic, there's still value in creating content because of exactly what Betsy said, just identifying who you are, how you like to do things, getting the reps with that, and then being able to talk about that with the clients that are there and, and that you get to work with that are in front of you. Like There's just so, so, so much value in that and establishing who you are, how you show up, 
you know, what you like doing, who you like working with, and then attracting that client that that wants that. I love that. That's that has been the wildest thing on Instagram to me is is showing up just as who I am and what I do and being blown away by the person that finds you that was like the absolute perfect fit. And yeah. I think, yeah, just the more, not to overuse authentic, but the more you do show up sort of as who you are, yeah, that that person finds you. And I, you know, it, I'm, I'm lit up over here because of what you said about just so practical too. Like they're already in the gym as well. Like it's really hard on social. So it's amazing when you put yourself out yeah. there and people find you. It's much, in my opinion, like having worked in person, it's a lot fucking easier in person because they're already there. Like, yes, you're it's a smaller pool. You're more limited with things. But if you are working, so I'm thinking about just even as, again, as, a, as my own background, if you check off the boxes and things that Betsy was speaking about for like, is this a place I'd want to work? You're already going to have a higher likelihood of the people coming in there are is someone that you'd want to work with or that you could help exactly and you jive with in some way shape or form because you've checked off the boxes of like this is the place where like i feel good we have shared values which means the people coming in they're in some way shape or form going to be you know along that spectrum and then they're right there in front of you for you to go and run your that entrepreneur model and run your business within the business is so good. Yeah. That's it. And they're watching you all the yeah, time. Yeah. All the yes. time. And so your best move in, in creating that sort of same effect that you have on social media showing up as who you are is, is getting comfortable, is getting confident with your skills and then, and then training people and letting that ripple effect, uh, take place. And the more that you're sitting on this certification, the more that you're like nervous that you won't know what to do, you one have to remember that already, you know, more than the average person you you've got to like start to feel, I, I always start with people in these courses of like, if you, if you, if you wanted to do this and you've taken this initial step, you've got some knowledge under your belt. Yep. Now we've Absolutely. just got to fine tune. We've got to make sure you know the stuff that you can use that is going to be most practical and most um, useful in mm-hmm. the context with which you're working. And then you just got to get the reps in. Gosh. Betsy, this is phenomenal. <laughs> like there's just such an... I'm trying to think of the word. And this is what happened after, you know, that last call we had when I was like, this is what you do? Amazing. <laughs> it was just such an excitement, but also an ease. Like my whole thing is I just want, I want people to know they have options. I want to celebrate choice, right? I don't, you don't have to choose what I chose, but just I need you to choose what you want. And that's the beauty. And it's, it's just so refreshing. And it puts me at ease to hear you come and say this and give people options and that they don't have to start their own business and like start from zero and try to be crushing it in the online space, which is not easy. Like, and people that probably very likely, and I love that you said it like that, they're sitting on this thing that they've already got. Like they're like, wait, they got this personal training certification or they've been thinking about it. And then they're like, 
but is it possible? But what do I do? I don't have the guidance. So there isn't, people aren't talking about it. People are telling me that it's not possible. People are just saying how shitty it is and, you know, sharing their worst stories and their worst experiences of this thing. And here comes Betsy smiling, karate chopping, karate kicking things and just presenting the side of it. It's so good, Betsy. It's so, so, so good. It's so good. Do me a solid bets. Uh, we link everything in the show notes, but before I ask you the final question, can you hit us with all of your info of like, where can people find you? The podcast name, yes. uh, Instagram, all the things. Totally. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at foster underscore strength. Um, my last name has been superb in branding. Uh, also because that's sort of my approach. I think like, you know, I'm not here to force you or to just be a teacher kind of wagging a finger at you. I'm I'm here to foster. Um, so at foster underscore strength, um, uh, my website is B, the letter B, fosterstrong.com. And there's a whole section um, for trainers with, uh, I've got a ton of downloadable free cheat sheets that cover sort of different aspects of um, training and what it is you would need to do to sort of apply those concepts. Um, and oh the podcast is coaches mm-hmm. chat you can find it on itunes or spotify um and yeah amazing we will link all the things if you're driving and you're like i gotta check it out don't worry about writing nothing down and i've got a wait list up for the um for mentorship. the mentorship so get all that info as soon as it's out so you can get um get registered when, when we get that up. I love it. All of the things in the show notes, that mentorship, she already ran the first one. She said that beta round, uh, that's dropping next year. And I don't know, rewind backwards and listen to it again. If you need, like that thing is lit. It's got all of, all of the things and it's four months. I'm like, kind of like, Betsy, how you fit all that into four months, (laughs) but that is phenomenal. It's all in the show notes. All right. Going to do the usual, Betsy, and ask the final question. Okay. (laughs) Is there anything that you want to leave the people with? Yes. I want people to understand that whatever sort of doubt you have today about taking that next step. You you get to both feel that doubt and then you also get to take action. If I've learned anything um, from Shantae, it's about, you know, taking that messy action. And I can't think of a better way to take messy action to serve people in, in kind of like the most impactful way with showing yes. them how to better move their bodies, feel better in this, in this one little earth suit we get. Um, I then to go for it today because there are people here to guide you. You can do it. <laughs> that wasn't as uh, in, uh, beautifully so worded as I wanted suit. it to be, but yeah. And still, listen, first of all, I know you're smiling. I can feel it. And I'm just sitting here so happy. I'm like, Betsy's the best. 
And then she said Earth Suit, and I'm like, yep, she's the, the, absolutely the best. I love that. I love that. The permission you give, even if people don't need it, but they're still looking for it. And then encouraging them to do something that truly, truly shows other people potential and possibility and hope. That, there, that there's, there's absolutely something so magical about working with somebody in a movement capacity because it's so tangible. Yeah. And suddenly they're like, I couldn't do this, and now I can. What else can I do? So I totally agree. Like, what a special thing to be able to help foster that uh, with somebody and in somebody's life. So, so good, Betsy. It's so good. So, so good. Dude, thank you for coming on. This was just such a dope way. This is so this episode's going to drop on December 6th. If you're listening to this the day it dropped, it is December 6th. This is our, we only have two long episodes for the month of December. And I really wanted to, you know, hit the Rupert, come on, hit the new year, uh, go into the new year with with thoughts and ideas like this and people seeing hope and potential and seeing possibility. So it was just serendipitous that uh, I had the talk with Betsy and then was like, dude, you got to come on. And so hopefully you listening to this and walk away, you know, feeling just one smiling because you heard Betsy, <laughs> but realizing that you can create your best life and it can look like whatever you want it to look like, whether you go and you take the safety of working in a commercial gym or you go and do your own thing. There are so many options out there, but if you are looking for that commercial gym model, this is the person who can help you. We gave you all of our information, all the things. So go and check that out. But Betsy, thank you. This was absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate you endlessly. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. So, So good, Betsy. You folks listening, thank you. We know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly, endlessly appreciative. I got two asks for you. Number one, if this episode resonated and you're like, yo, yes, do me a solid and go check Betsy out. Go and take that messy action, take the next step, and perhaps have someone hold your hand a little bit while you do it. The second ask is if this episode resonated with you, share it with somebody who you think it may also resonate with. Let's share the movement, my friends. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Betsy and Maestro. Bye.